0: Can you hear me, Clem Fandango? Funny how that works. It's cold open, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Ice cold open. <laughs> so, who's starting this? I
1: don't know. You want to start it? Sure. Hi and welcome to the MacGap and Fries Movie Podcast. I'm
0: Gavin. i mean, Ooh, check out that delay. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> yeah, that's what I said. The clap is pretty bad. <laughs> We're coming at you live over the internet as Gavin's in Singapore and I'm not. That's
1: right. I'm here rehearsing for uh, for a play called Muswell Hill being done by Pangdemonium and that opens
0: on the 24th of this month? 24th of June. Oh, let's hope this podcast comes out in June. <laughs> <laughs> Just give me a second. Don't need to remind Gavin to do pitch, Okay. Right. right nicely sorted i'm always going to squeeze in the pitch thing. <laughs> yeah yeah i can't yeah, yeah. i can't say that i'm in
1: singapore and then like not say why i'm here like, <laughs> like look i'm just here for a weekend we're just doing this for fun no i'm here for a while that's why we're doing it this way yeah and if i ever get my
0: fucking passport back i might come and see it but we'll see but that's a story for another day
1: what do you mean like get your passport back why did you... Where, what happened to it?
0: It's, I'm getting a visa stuff. Oh, right. Yes. Still. That it's old, been months. I st- that old chestnut. That yeah, old yeah. chestnut. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so today we're going to talk a little bit about No Man of God, The Passing of Ray Liotta. I'm going to talk a little bit about Star Trek's Strange New World. But before we get into that, we're going to have a new segment we like to call This is Stuff We Want to Talk About. All right. So, so if there's anything else it, it, that doesn't it, follow to the category. It really well. is a brand new segment.
1: It is a brand new segment. Literally like, just came up with it right he's now. He's just dumping this shit on me right now.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: This is a shit that I don't have enough time to think about much, and I just thought I'd mention
1: it. So. All right. Well, mm-hmm. what's been going on What's been going on, on your side that you're, you're dying to talk about then?
0: Well, I finally saw that Chippendale last night.
1: Uh-huh. I've heard it's good.
0: It's, this is the thing, it's not good enough to do a whole podcast on, but it's pretty good. And it's, you know, the setup, the setup is the Chippendale were always actors and the Rescue Rangers was just a show they did. I actually have no fucking idea about anything to do with Chippendale. Like I know who they are, I've heard of
1: them, I know what they look like, but I don't think yeah. I've ever seen any of them. Any of the they look like
0: They look like Indiana Jones and Tom Selleck, right? You, you know that much as well, right? In the Rescue Rangers? Do they? Yeah. <laughs> Chip Chip was always wearing like a leather jacket and a fedora. Yes. And yes. Dale was wearing a red Hawaiian shirt just like Tom Selleck. Yes. It's all coming back to me now, yeah. But yeah, the whole conceit of that show was they rescue people. Mm-hmm. conceit of this show is that it's Andy Sandberg is Dale and Chip is um, Mulvaney. John Mulvaney. John Mulvaney. Mulaney, yeah, like, and uh, they were actors, and they were a team, and then they kind of broke up, and now it's much later. And Chip works in insurance,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and he is this
1: is, is this like a, like like they've mixed it up with animation and, and live action? Roger
0: Rabbit's in it. Oh right, I heard that Batfleck's <laughs> in it as well. Who? I heard Batfleck is in it as well. Kind of. There's a point to be made about like the only thing that happens for old characters is they either wrap or they reboot and there's all these posters in the background like Lego Miserable right or ET versus Batman <laughs> That's right that's right that's what it was <laughs> It's it, this is I was worried about watching about that element of it because you know ugly Sonic yes with the teeth yeah yeah like he's like almost He's not just a cameo. You know what I mean. He has a role in the movie, <laughs> and it's quite odd to watch because I'm like, Davina hasn't seen Sonic. Mm-hmm. She's no no clue about the controversy
2: mm-hmm.
0: over ugly Sonic.
2: Mm-hmm. So is this
0: just flying over her head? I mean, he's still a kind of a funny, weird guy. He's a funny, weird blue guy. But like, so this is like of- the original the the original sort of design before they changed it. Yeah, he's like wearing like a, an Owen Wilson style leather, you know, those kind of chamois jackets with the frills on it. He's yeah, like, yeah. he's got like very extreme divorced dad energy. <laughs> like you, you meet at conventions because Dale and Chip haven't worked together. So Dale is working conventions. Right. There's so, there's so many ingokes and weird fucking gags. And like, wait, what? In- How is this in a Disney movie? Did you say ingokes? Ingokes. Yeah. Is, is that a word? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> it's also, I think, only an hour. It's like 86 minutes long or something
1: like that. Oh, uh, brilliant. Right up my alley. Yeah,
0: I was just like, oh, this is where you'd introduce a twist if you're going for two hours. No, this is fine. I'm good. Thank you very much. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Oh, and J.K. Simmons plays a uh, Gumby-style police detective. And when you say
1: J.K. Simmons, because I really know fucking nothing about this. Like, is it actually him or is this all voice work? Oh, he's doing
0: voice, but you know Gumby? Mm -hmm. That American cartoon thing that I didn't grow up with? I know Gumby. He looks like like that, so he's walking around like that, interacting with humans in an apartment that's the size for mice. Mm -hmm. So the police department, he has to ride on a Segway to keep height with the humans it's just it's a mixed world where literally it's like roger rabbit where you have tiny dining tables for cartoon mice but also giant creatures running around adding to that they have all the cgi monstrosities from the early 2000s
1: would you say that this is like a, a kid's thing or more more adult skewed i don't
0: know <laughs> there's like there's a lot of jokes that, are, that rely on the fact that you know which animated characters seth rogan has paid right okay that's neat that's very niche that's niche right and there's a, there's a section where like the wrong side of the track they have a sign when they cross over the tracks there's a sign that says wrong side which is you know it's a small gig how I, many I has know, he done so like i can i can only think of two right now like mon- monsters and aliens and uh Kung Fu panda. I wasn't, I wasn't, that wasn't the one i thought you could get what was the other one Kung Fu panda yeah so those are there then there's also uh pumba from the lion king Oh right, he he is okay. I haven't seen yeah. that. There is one scene with all his, and also there's a new character for this who's like supposed to be like he looks like a refugee from Beowulf. Mm-hmm,
2: mm-hmm.
0: I will kill your monster, but he's got the dead. The, the, the joke is he's got the dead eyes because he can't. Are you looking at me right now? I can't tell. It's like I'm looking directly at you. Can't you see me looking directly at you? <laughs> that sounds pretty funny. It's pretty funny, but it's like <laughs> some of it, that that's fucking niche. <laughs> it's very niche. I kind of want to see it now. Yeah, so that's why I wanted to bring it up to say like I think it's the kind of shit we we'd enjoy. Right, okay. i
1: to check that
0: out. So, yeah, you should definitely check that out. Chip and Dale. Mm-hmm. Well,
1: on the other uh, on the other end of the spectrum, um, uh, I caught uh, Ricky Gervais's new special, the one that's been mm-hmm. getting all the controversy. <laughs> Again. Again. I don't know, uh, nothing particularly surprising about it, so it's called Supernature. You know, mm. I mean, I think... Look, I mean, I'm. I've I've always found Ricky Gervais funny. I didn't find this as funny as his last one. Like his last mm-hmm. one, uh, Humanity. I thought Humanity was, was very funny. I thought this was funny, but I didn't think it was as funny as the last one. You know, the, the jokes that he tells about all, like all the trans jokes. I personally don't feel like. I personally don't feel they're transphobic, but as a non-trans person, I don't really have a right to have an opinion. Mm. <laughs> really. But does it come off as punching down? He's not afraid of a cheap laugh. That's for sure.
0: Yeah. yeah. Have you seen... I, I I only seen clips, and have you seen the clips of, like, they've been recirculating of the show with Gary Shandling? Uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I yeah, saw man, that. Man, um, I mean, there is something in that where, these days, it's easier. There's it's more people in power to make fun of than there is that are, you know, having to deal with this shit all the
1: time. Yeah, but I do feel it is one of those things that um, if you are going to have an opinion about it, you should see the whole thing. Um, yeah. Because he does address the fact that he is fully aware that that people will get offended. And mm. he does he does take some time towards... Actually, I mean, that's how he wraps up his whole show, you know, is that he he wraps up his whole show basically having to explain why, you know, it's like, I don't... I, I'm, You know, they're just jokes. I don't
0: mean this shit, you know. Mm. But there's an element of that is that, like, you still wrote it and put it into your show and got Netflix to pay you for it. So if you don't mean this shit, maybe say like something that you mean a bit No, but he
1: more. makes it very clear that it's like, look, I will do whatever... I feel I need to do to make a joke funny. If I need yeah. to pretend to be smart, I'll pretend to be smart. If I need to pretend to be stupid, I'll pretend to be stupid. I'll pretend to be right wing. I'll pretend to be left wing. I'll do whatever I think I need to do to make the joke funny, to make the jokes funny to me. Now, like, you know, you can say you can say um, you are offended, but you can't say that joke is offensive. You, you What you have to say is that I was offended by it because, you know, because, you know, being offended, it's, you know, it's, it's about feelings and feelings are personal. That, you yeah. know, so it's impossible to completely police all, all of these things. So, yeah. it's, so, I mean, he does go out of his way a little bit more than I felt he needed to, to be honest with you. I mean, I do feel that in general, not necessarily with Ricky Gervais himself, but I do feel in general that, that when it comes to comedians, when it comes to comedy, everything should be pretty fair game. Um, mm-hmm. You may not like it. I don't necessarily, you know, like there's lots of comedians that I don't find funny, but I'm not about to fucking campaign against them and call them racist yeah. or transphobic or homophobic or whatever. There's plenty of comedians that I don't find funny. Like being sort of like a like a heterosexual male, you're kind of in, you're, you're not in any minority, you yeah. know? So it's one of those things where it's like, well, you know, what, what do I have to say? I mean, obviously there are people out there that do find it offensive and that's their right. But as someone who's kind of grown up watching Ricky Gervais, I mean, I remember watching
0: him on, what was it the eleven o'clock show, or not the With, eleven? With uh, Ian Lee and Daisy yeah, Donovan. Yeah, yeah, and <laughs> I'm I'm. I mean, There's probably there should be a timer if we ever do this live. There'd be a timer in the corner to like bring up nostalgia. I mean, we had one up. We had one off air beforehand. Like time to nostalgic beat on the show.
1: Yeah, no, but I mean, because I remember even then, because he, he was annoying his,
0: as fuck back then. Because he would have
1: his little segment where he would talk about all of these horrible things on the news and then start riffing on it. And yeah. and turning it on its head and and, and saying the most horrific things. He was like Alan Bastard in the flesh. Yeah, and I remember like um, that uh, he would be in the papers. There would be like this huge headline: so, like, is this the most hated man in Britain?"
0: <laughs> and I, I can see his face reading that. He's like, yeah. <laughs> he well, did that. Well, yeah, well, that, well little, yeah. that little giggle that he does. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so for me. Having watching something like Supernature and watching him say, listening to him say the jokes that he that he says, none of it's particularly shocking or surprising to me. This is this is his thing. This has always been been his
0: thing. Yeah. Like for me, this is probably why you know I couldn't stand. Like I I told you before, I can't watch The Office. I could I watched all of Extras and really liked Extras, Mm -hmm. but anything else, I have had trouble watching him in anything since then. And I probably I won't watch this. It's probably just not my alley.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's probably not your thing. Although I I highly recommend Afterlife afterlife that's yeah i've heard good things about that that
0: is that is fucking brilliant like that is across then i see but then i see his little face but it works for this <laughs> yeah i've heard a couple, couple people talk about that
1: no the, it is across the board one of the best shows i've seen in a long mm. time it's it's a really fucking good show uh and that's
0: i, I would imagine that that's the that's the ricky
1: gervais that, that you like you know yeah,
0: that's it, the extras that's the because extras he didn't seem like such a dick Everyone around him was a dick. Yeah. So it was more sustainable as opposed to like, what the fuck is he doing? I don't think I made it through a single episode of The Office. No,
1: but also, I mean, like when uh, I think I think it was one of the last episodes, I think it was the last episode of Extras where you really see what an amazing dramatic actor he also is, hmm. you know. Uh, and also in um, that film he directed, what The Invention of Lying, great great idea. It's not a great film, but he, he's got one scene with his with his mom as the mom is dying and, and, he, and he tells the lie about, because she's afraid of dying and he tells this she's lie. She's going to a happy place. Yeah. And it's it's just a brilliant dramatic performance. And and uh, in Afterlife, he's really really good at playing those sort of tortured. <laughs> um, it's it's ironic I- ironic that he's so good at playing those kinds of roles, like these really sort of tortured so- tortured souls and really in pain. Yeah, because um, he we, doesn't seem tortured at all. No, he's not. Like, and when you watch his stand up, it's like the complete opposite. Like the way he introduces himself it's like, ladies and gentlemen, a man. Please welcome a man who really doesn't need to do this. <laughs> what a prick! I know, but is is Stephen Merchant in Afterlife? No, I fucked up that. It's good. <laughs> it's good. So I mean, like for me, super nature No, I will watch it after you watch it. Like, uh, I I found I, Emily. I have seen Emily. When did you see Emily? I, I, I did watch it eventually. I can't, I can't remember when. <laughs> I did watch it eventually. I enjoyed it. Not as funny as his last one. But then again, I am a Ricky Gervais fan, so it's preaching to the
2: converted.
0: Yeah. Uh, there was a little funny thing I wanted to bring up. Um, I mentioned earlier I upgraded my laptop purely so I could avail of the free games you get if you have Game Pass. Because I have Xbox Game Pass. Mm-hmm. You know, I like to play games. Mm-hmm. Sexual games. Mm-hmm. Um, Everyone knows. Everyone knows. But you get, like, free games, and there's some that are only on PC, and I was like, I'm missing out. Uh-huh. Hey, Dave, you're missing out, so... You're missing out! You're missing out! So, you know, I, I, I spent a week upgrading my PC so I could try a few games. Excuse... And there's, what... Sorry, there's, excuse the noise. No, also. Of the, Just putting some some ice in the glass. Yeah, I'm trying to figure out how I get the headphones to the l- extent <laughs> of the fridge. But there's this game called Hard Space Shipbreakers, right? And it's like a, you're a... You work in a garbage yard, basically, in a space yard, right? Mm-hmm. But it has this really neat kind of pro-union, anti-capitalist kind of bent, like to, to join up to be a shipbreaker. You basically, you fly around spaceships and you cut them up. <laughs> okay. You, you got, but you have to cut them up in the right order and there's things that can explode and kill you and stuff. But it's a very, it's like reverse Tetris in a way. Sounds really, really fun. It's relaxing. <laughs> it's a relaxing game. I mean, it's, like, it's, it's, it's relaxing. There, there are time limits to come in. But one of the things that they've added recently is just the storyline to it. Uh-huh. And at the beginning, you know, every game needs some kind of justif- justification for why you die and can keep playing. Uh-huh. Right, uh-huh. in this, it's the whole thing of uh, you know we have this new genetic cloning program, so we'll take some genetic material, and then as soon as you die, we'll just transfer you over to a new body.
2: Huh. But it has
0: this kind of black sense of humor about it, where it's like as you you know you're clicking through menus to start the game. You're not walking anywhere. You're not doing anything. It's not fucking three D or anything. It just has you sign a waiver that is like I do not own any any land in Luna or the state of the free state of Oregon. Like there's all these weird little digs at the world and world building. What is this called I mean? again? Hard space uh, shipbreaker. Right. And then you get to like you know if you, you once you sign up everything you've been accepted for the program and now we're gonna we're just gonna take a little bit of genetic material. It's like the screen's just black. It's just like you know prepare yourself for we're gonna take a, a little bit of gen- genetic material to put you in the spares program. You may experience some discomfort. In the background, just here, ah! <laughs> And then it's like, uh, as, you may have, as you may have read in the 600-page in the, the disclaimer, due to the process, your original body will have to die, so we're killing you now. Bye-bye. <laughs> Charming. And then it pops you over to the new body and gives you the bill for this, which is like $3 billion, and they have to slowly work it off. And there's like ridiculous fees in there. It's just a really, it's, it's one of the first things I've laughed at in a video game in a long while, which just that torture. Ah! <laughs> when you're <laughs> like, you may experience some slight discomfort while we extract the uh, genetic material for your clone. <laughs> that's hilarious and this is like what on on, on a pc yeah it's on a pc i think it might come to console later but the, the you know, when the game gets going you're, you're talking to a, there's a guy talking to you and a, apparently the storyline does bring in a lot of like unionization on these platforms it's kind of a it's a black comedy kind of dystopia right firefly with more jokes maybe and some more capitalism put in there that's a lot of jokes it's a lot of jokes uh it's a fun fun element to it that i just like enjoying I um, haven't got far in it. I don't think my computer will handle the bigger ships that you have to cut up. But uh, it's a bit of fun.
1: Huh. I The chances of me uh, checking that out
0: are insanely rare. No. I was going to save a few clips and send them to you just because they were funny. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That'd be fun. Yeah. We'll probably do a podcast another, again. But uh, yeah, so I did see the Top Gun. The Maverick. Uh-huh. You did see the Top Gun. <laughs> I saw the Top Gun. Is it as good as everyone's making it out to be? It's pretty good. Uh-huh. And for those of you new listeners, you have to realize that I'm going by the, um, this is the new Monster Calls rules where if the Gavin hasn't seen something, I cannot be too effusive about it because it will be disappointing when he eventually sees it. Look, but I, no.
1: I, I think, I think a Monster Calls is a very, very special case <laughs> because yeah. you didn't just say it was a good movie. <laughs> I said it was a great movie. You said it was a great movie and you you basically said that you were in pieces. Uh, it touched me deep inside multiple times. You you were in pieces after watching it. So I would I would imagine that any that any film that can reduce Ian McNally to pieces <laughs> it's gonna be something special. And it yeah. wasn't bad.
0: Like it was a good it,
1: it, it was a good movie, but I, I was expecting to be a
0: wreck. <laughs> and I went Are you mad that you didn't get the emotional catharsis you were hungering for? You
1: no, know, I, I went in there like, you know, really looking forward to a good cry. And I'm Phoenix just, with the ready. I'm just like, that's it? <laughs> so I mean there's overselling a movie and there's overselling a movie. <laughs>
0: Well, I will say with Top Gun, we watched the first one with the v and It's like, can we skip the credits? It's slow. And then from what's that? I said, you cannot fucking skip the credits. All that shit on the on the carrier at the beginning.
1: Yeah. No, no, no. That,
0: that, that's a deal breaker. Bong. You got to hear all that that's shit a, That's a fucking on. deal breaker. You
1: don't, so, you don't fast forward through any Tony Scott opening credits.
0: No. You just don't. And once the movie started, she was into it. Next, And she was like, "I want. we have to go see the second one. I was like, really? Okay. So she was well into it. Her biggest flaw with the movie, she wants to see it again, which very early happens. Right. I think her quote was, you know, Doctor Strange was like, you know, that's what most movies are. They're like, meh, but I want to see Top Gun Maverick again. Mm-hmm. So that's, a, that's you know, high praise. Um, but the first one, you, you, I'd forgotten as well how funny the first one was, like the, the insults and everything. I mean, we grew up with it, we mm. Just but we made it part of our personalities. You just don't think about it that often. It's like, Slider, you stick. Yeah. Even that—that's like a real grasping straw, though. But even <laughs> yeah. just like when they come out of each, shouted at, and Goose is like, "Oh, thanks, Mel. I really needed that." <laughs> <laughs> and just there's so, so much shit going on there. And there's not—I think it's the audiences have changed. You know, it's it's more raunchy as well. Although rewatching the first Top Gun, did Tom Cruise know how to kiss back then? Because there's an awful lot of him and Kelly McGillis just doing like weird mollusk faces at each other. Mm-hmm. It's not. It's not sexy in any way, shape, or form. Also, his teeth, maybe it's because his mass, his buck teeth were massive back then. Well, I his think teeth,
1: I, th- I think his teeth were new back then. I don't think they're new. I think he got them newer after that because he no, has like no 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 no. no. He, I mean, like I think he got his teeth done while he was doing uh, Top Gun.
0: Was it because the scenes where he just looks like a chipmunk, or he's like a very big buck teeth.
1: Yeah, because um, um, because I remember. The Michael Bay commentary on the Criterion uh, version of uh, Armageddon, when he was saying that because uh, Ben Affleck had these had baby teeth, yeah, and uh, Jerry Bruckheimer is like, uh, we did it, you know, like we did it to Tom, do it to Ben, because <laughs> <laughs> he was like bitching to Jerry. He's like, Jerry's got he's got these baby teeth, Jerry. <laughs> and uh, and then after that, Michael Bay says uh, Jerry Bruckheimer once uh, produced a very well known actor in a in a fighter pilot movie. <laughs> <laughs> Like, we did it to him, do it to Ben.
0: <laughs> but there is, I mean, I don't know if you've heard, some people are saying, like, it's more dramatic turn from Tom. I mean, there is, all the plane stuff is great. I mean, back then, your imagination filled the gaps, but now it's just the camera. Yeah. No, I, I mean, I've heard that the uh, the aerial sequences are ridiculous. I, I heard another podcast mention some behind-the-scenes things I haven't seen it myself about the, the stunt pilot saying... There's some things we did which we don't... We're not supposed to do or we're not really doing combat. And there is some things that look really, really cool but probably would get your ass blowed out of the sky if you do it. But it looks fucking awesome when you do that stuff.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I would say near the ending... like it, People have talked about it being a like bit more dramatic for Cruise. Not so action. Considering he's been doing so much action. I mean, Not that he's not a dramatic actor. He just hasn't done it in a while. Yeah. And I thought the ending was going to... Not the ending, but the <clears throat> the last act was going to lean more into him being dramatic while younger Cruise were action-oriented. Mm-hmm. But that's not how Tom rolls. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. T- Tom's not
1: passing the, cho- the torch to fucking anyone. <laughs> no, 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 no. He, he's, he's, you'll have he's sprinting to, ahead of the pack. You will have to pl- pry the torch out of his cold, dead Scientology hands. <laughs>
0: <laughs> exactly. So there is like, really? He's going to do this? Okay. And then, really? This is going to happen? Okay. And there's like moments where you're like, okay, this could be a really good ending. Oh, no, there's 20 minutes left. Okay. But I was with all of it. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I enjoyed it. Very good.
1: They handle uh, they handle Iceman well, very well. Cool. I mean, especially
0: have you seen Val? You didn't watch Val yet, no?
1: I haven't seen Val, but I mean, I've seen the trailer.
0: I know he's not in the best best shape. Yeah, he's in good shape. I mean, he's in good shape for considering he had like uh, his a uh, tracheotomy, so he has the, the the hole in his throat. But like they did it in a very tasteful ish way, um, which was weird. Because having seen Val, it's his son narrates it and sounds just like him. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and you should watch about for Top Gun alone because he recorded everything from when he was as soon as he started acting he had a camcorder in his hand all the time mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. it's him and Slider in, the, in their peak uh, talking about like in order for the camaraderie on set they kind of did stay away from Goose and Maverick mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but it wasn't anything intentional it wasn't like fucking him around it was yeah, just like yeah. that was the bill camaraderie so yeah. talking about that stuff and it does cut between his son's voice and his voice his current voice so it was weird they did something in the movie that was a little weird to me if you've seen that but it works perfectly with the, the concept of the movie I wanted more. I wanted more of those old pilots. Mm -hmm. Where's Rick Rossovich? Rick Rossovich isn't in it. Spoilers. (laughs) Why isn't Rick Rossovich in this fucking movie? (laughs) Oh, that's a good question. Yeah. Because you know he's available. Yeah. (laughs) I I looked it up. He's
1: still alive. (laughs) It's funny. It's so bizarre you bring him up. I was thinking about him the other day. I was...
0: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you say that like it's like you're thinking about someone from a school day no, I was the kind of this is the kind of thing like not past middle aged people I was say just, I, I was just I was just randomly though.
1: thinking about Rick Rossovich when he was in the Terminator don't make me bust you up man <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean I didn't realize until last weekend watching Maverick uh, watching Top Gun but that him on the beach doing this flex with his muscles when they're playing volleyball has lived rent free in my head for over 30 years <laughs> but you know jester's still around if you've seen um the dropout but he's still around mm-hmm. jester is michael ironside mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah so you know i was surprised they didn't bring more people back and tom Skerritt. Is Skerritt still alive i think tom Skerritt's still alive <laughs> oh I, I didn't i didn't go with that because i wasn't sure but, but and, yeah miles teller's fine the, there's a guy who's like the new ice man who's pretty good i don't know his name glenn powell yeah he's got that shitty grin down just nice there's a lady there's some cool plain shit is there any uh, mention of what happened to charlie none but I didn't, I didn't pick this up, but apparently there's a mention in the first movie about trouble between Maverick and some admiral's daughter. Uh huh. Jennifer Connelly is supposed to be that admiral's daughter.
1: Oh, right. Okay.
0: When they, when they meet, there's a history. The first movie is quite sexy. I kept expecting the fucking hot shots in front of the fridge thing mm-hmm. with the bacon sizzling on her belly. It's not quite that, but it has got, you know, 80s soft porn vibes right nothing has 80s por- soft porn vibes anymore right apart from <laughs> hardcore porn um or whatever's on the internet you know no, no movie has especially in malaysia people fucking right uh not the last time i checked <laughs> yeah so it does feel a little chaste in that regards but there's also a weird tendency to have some scenes where people are talking but you don't hear it and it's not a, a censorship thing it's just a, a stylistic thing right but it's it's infrequently enough it's weird hmm Oh, and the Lady Gaga track was driving me nuts. In its score form, it's way better than its music song version. Hearing the score, going, "What is this? It's not. It's not any of the original music. It's something else." And only at the end when it speeds up and you hear, "Right, it's, the, it's, it's what I hold my hand or whatever it is." But, right. But yeah, well worth well worth the watch. I'm gonna have to break my no 4DX rule and go see it in 4DX because Davina wants to see it in 4DX. Right. Okay. She wants to feel the heat of the danger zone.
1: And uh, just really quick, did you like Doctor Strange?
0: Yeah. There was a few moments, you know, I'm no longer in the business, so I wasn't seeing it with a horde of nerds, which is like the best way to see these things, like with Deadpool or something like that. Mm -hmm. So I was the only one laughing when it went full on Evil evil Dead at one point. Right, right, right. Like there's there's, there's something that happens and I'm just like, (laughs) and no one else in the cinema was laughing. (laughs) Um, So that's always fun. The more I think about it, it doesn't do much for the character of Doctor Strange. Like, it's a fun romp. It's very much a Sam Raimi movie. But I was chuckling and laughing and having great fun. And it's like the the most Raimi thing in the Spider Man movies was Doctor Octopus's arms coming yeah. to life, right? Yeah, 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 the, yeah, all the crash zooms and all that. Yeah. Here he's just like, what if I just did the whole movie like that? What if I just used the Evil Dead stuff star- instead of restraining myself? I'll just do it all the way through. Mm-hmm. That's what I've heard. I've heard that. I've heard that they let Sam Sam Raimi be Sam Raimi. Yeah, and there's there's nice surprises like I didn't I didn't have things spoiled for me, so I didn't know who the villain was and things like that. And the way the places it goes, like it's not it doesn't feel like a three act structure. It feels like where are we going? now? what? Okay, sure, right. So I enjoyed it.
1: Cool. Well, uh, so yeah, another film that I was able to catch was a film that I've been wanting to see for a while. Actually, uh, it's a film called No Man of God, hmm. and uh, so yeah, this is yet another movie about uh, Ted Bundy. It's directed by <laughs> Amber Seeley and. Um, it's written by, uh, I think it's uh, R. Robert uh, Cahill, I think. But he's, he's writing under the pseudonym Kit Lesser, and uh, he's the guy who wrote uh, Sinister.
2: Oh, okay.
1: I've, I've been wanting to see this because this is actually based on actual uh, transcripts well. of um, uh, conversations that uh, Ted Bundy had with uh, the FBI agent Bill Hagmeyer. And uh, this was uh, in the the early '80s, like '84 to '89, when the the whole idea of sort of uh, profiling serial killers was was starting to uh, was starting to happen. The and, Manhunter age. Yes, and uh, Bill Hagmeier was one of the first agents that was assigned to this uh, to this group of profilers. And today is, I mean, I think he's retired now, but he's generally regarded as one of the best profilers in the world now. And. In this film, so Ted Bundy is played by Luke Kirby. Uh, Luke Kirby, Emmy Award winning actor, I think, uh, is it The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel? Oh, yeah. Yeah, and I've never seen that show, but apparently he's amazing in it. Um, yeah. And so this is actually the first thing I think I've, I've seen him in, and he's really good in this. Like, I don't know a whole lot about Ted Bundy. I've seen, like, a couple of docs. I never saw the Zach Efron film. Um, hmm. but just based on the documentaries that I've seen, like, he really, he really kind of nails it. Like, he's really got this, <laughs> like, he's... He's like strangely charming and magnetic, but at the same time, just creepy as fuck. Mm. And um, Elijah Wood plays Bill Hagmire and he kind of plays him you know, his, with his usual you know, wide-eyed...
0: <laughs> I just looked up the poster, and that's, uh, that's an Elijah Wood-looking Elijah Wood face.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, putting those eyes to full effect. It looks um, like he's just been given the one ring. <laughs> and the, the, the film is essentially a, a two-hander, mm. and like 80% of the film is really just these two guys just uh, bouncing off of each other in a, in, in a room. So he's been caught by this point? Yes, he's already caught. And it's, it's, he's cu- it's leading up to his execution. And um, even, in, even in real life, Ted Bundy called Bill Hagmeier like his best friend. And the main difference was was that like there were so many other FBI agents and other people that wanted to talk to Ted Bundy and they all went off and wrote books and they they were all like using him you know as a stepping stone for their career. Yeah. Uh Whereas with uh, Bill Hagmeyer, he never he never did any of that. He never he never wrote a book about it. And he just made a movie later. He's you know like his his whole thing was like he wants to try and have a proper conversation with him to kind of meet him on the level to understand him. And it's about this relationship that develops between them. And it's really, really interesting. I, I mean, it's too long. Mm. The, the, the idea, the concept is not really strong enough to sustain the, the running time, which is like, a, like an hour and 50 minutes, mm. something like that. And that's a long time for a film that is essentially two actors in a room talking. And while, while certain aspects of it are very compelling and the two central performances are very good and the, the chemistry with the two actors are really good, it does kind of fizzle out. After a while, and it kind of takes this route where it, you have to kind of like suspend disbelief. And if things were different, the Bill Hagmeyer character could possibly be a Ted Bundy. Mm. They they kind of take that route with it, where it's like the lines become blurred between the two of them. When when really it do, they don't need to do that.
0: No, oh, it's like the staring into the abyss too long thing.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that it's interesting when you can see that that the Hagmeyer character is conflicted because. In the initial part of the of their relationship, Ted Bundy is incredibly charming and mm. and does come across as very human.
0: And that was part of the the deal, right? That's yeah. how he charmed all those people into killing them.
1: Yeah, yeah. But as it goes on, it becomes very, very clear that <laughs> that uh, there's nothing redeemable about this man at all. And they still sort of push this angle of like, you know, like there's one there's there's this one bit where where uh, the Hagmeier character. Catches himself staring at a woman in a way that uh, in in a way that you would imagine Ted Bundy might have stared at her, and that just doesn't ring true. It just, yeah. it just doesn't make sense. It's like that doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. What well, um, is a
0: movie that is like I'm you, but after one bad day? Some of those superhero movie things? Right. That's killing joke, right? Could be. I think that's the killing joke. I mean, it's it's an angle to take, but yeah, if it doesn't support the story. Yeah,
1: like the so only thing that separates you, the two of us is like one bad day, or so something like that. Yeah, where yeah. the Joker says that to Batman. Yeah. I think that's I think that's where it's from.
0: I could have sworn it was something else as well. So I remember seeing live action, but I don't know.
1: Yeah. Probably.
0: But I mean I
1: enjoyed it. Like I said, it's a film I've been looking forward to seeing for a while. Like I really like you know the trailer was really good. And I, I mean I thought it was a very solid film. Um, and but yeah, like I say, it's like I, I think it's just a bit too long. Yeah. That's everything these days. Yeah, everything's too long. Apart from Chip
0: and Dale, Rescue Rangers. And pretty much any Barry Sonnenfeld film. Mm. <laughs> It is I don't did I say it to you before did you hear the SNL I like short ass movies clip Yeah you told me about that yeah yeah I like short ass movies too And I think I brought up Barry Sonnenfeld then as well Then as well <laughs> We're nothing if not predictable Yeah, yeah No I'll check it out that sounds good That sounds interesting I mean I, something that I didn't realize I think it was when I was finishing off last year I was watching what's the new season of Unsolved Mysteries Mhm When it came out on Netflix, I had early access and watching it was just depressing because... Didn't have Robert Stack. Didn't have Aliens Ate My Horse or some shit like that. It was all just... (laughs) Here's a horrifying murder. murder. There's some kind of murder. Here's a horrifying murder and oh, it's unsolved. So, it's an unsolved mystery. But after four episodes of that, back to back, you're like... God, that's depressing. Mm -hmm. It's just unrelenting horror after unrelenting horror that all end in... Oh, and he got away. And he's still alive. You're like... I. I, I think, need I need some I need a Bigfoot story here to lighten the fucking mood, man. I think the ones that kind of did it for me
1: was uh, making a murderer, like making a murderer and the keepers. I remember after watching those two, I'm just like, I I, I can't do this anymore.
0: Let's worry because what I was going to lead into was Davina saw me watching those and like, oh, that looks interesting. I was like, no, I don't want to watch this, and I don't think we should watch it. But making a murderer is the one I haven't seen. That is on Netflix, right? Uh, yes, yes. Because you watched I'll be I'll be gone in the dark. You watched the McKenna. What's her name? McKenna. The one that Patton Oswalt's. Uh, oh, oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. No, I, I know that one. Uh, and that was pretty good. I mean, there was a, it was it was a strong documentary through line to that. You know what I mean? Uh huh. Like the keeper, yeah. the
1: keepers was the one about uh, the, trying to solve the murder of of the uh, of the nun um and that was depressing as shit oh okay i mean fuck, well, i mean really good really yeah, good i
0: mean i like my i like my murder mysteries with a happy ending there,
1: I mean, there's no such thing <laughs> um <laughs> making a murder is like oh god this was like a while ago i can't remember the guy's name but it's just basically these poor fucking assholes who like just life's been shitting on them from day 1 and and the cops hate them and then there's a murder and then they pin it on they, them, right? they they pin it on them and I didn't finish it, so I don't even know if they fucking did it in the end. Like, there's evidence to suggest they didn't, but yeah. but the cops managed to coerce a, a confession, and that sort of like kept these people in, like in prison for for fucking years.
0: Yeah, see, I want to make sure there's a happy ending of it because I was out recently. And Davina watched something that I don't even know what it was called, some murder mystery thing. But she couldn't sleep after that, and I think that was if I look it up, it's probably a lighthearted romp. You know what I mean? We're not going to be watching. We're not going to be watching Hellraiser three. You know what well, I mean? Well, it's called The Getaway. That suggests a happy ending. <laughs> a is in a holiday. It's not the Getaway starring Alec Baldwin and. Kim Bassinger. Is it Kim Basinger, that one? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> oh, check it out. What are you, what are you, where, where are you at with your knowledge of Star Trek these days? Um, I have none. <laughs> yeah, I did, I did check. I went back into the archives, back into the Dusty Archives. Mm-hmm. We did review all the Star Trek movies on yes. this show, and I didn't get any guests on. But the last one was Star Trek Beyond in July 2016.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, look. I am aware. Oh no, this isn't
0: this isn't the dig. I'm just wondering if you no, no. any I think even if you've picked up from the pop culture nexus out there.
1: Look, okay, um, my knowledge of Star Trek is I saw the first film, I saw Wrath of Khan, and I've seen the J.J. Abrams ones. That's pretty much it. I never really got into. Okay, I, I've seen I've seen random episodes of the original series. Yeah. But that's who it. Hasn't? But that's it. I haven't seen any Next Gen. I haven't seen any fucking Deep Space 9 or Enterprise. But you were aware of their existence? I'm aware of their existence and I saw the the Captain's documentary that William Shatner did with the, with all of the Star Trek captains. Yeah. Um I'm aware of the lore. Yeah. You know and, as, it, as it were. And I and and I know who is who, but I'm I've never really been a much of a Trekkie.
2: Yeah.
0: I mean I got big into the Next Gen. I have a Next Gen top lying around somewhere. I went to a convention yeah i got i think i got gates mcfadden to sign something it was great yeah i'm (laughs) i I would consider myself
1: to be much more of a battlestar galactica person than i am a star trek person the
0: original 1978 battlestar galactica damn straight damn straight
1: richard hatch motherfucker
0: you don't want any of that felger carb around here dirk benedict no cigars in space motherfucker no fucking women (laughs) allowed on this ship (laughs) <laughs> I don't, okay, off topic. Did you see anything of Ewan McGregor at the Star Trek celebration? I did not see any of the Star Trek. It, no, of the Star Wars. No, no. no but say you, again, it might have come across your your feed or. No, 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 I saw. I saw it. I, I just uh, have no interest. There was a picture of him, and it looks like he's wearing Battlestar Galactica cosplay. He has on like a brown suede jacket and like mm-hmm. lighter, mm-hmm. like a light, a light kind of taupe mm-hmm. T-shirt and some white pants on, mm-hmm. and it looks like he's fucking Richard Hash in 1978 you're expecting a fucking dagger to wander in (laughs) holding aiden christensen's hand (laughs) it looks weird but anyway yeah so uh, tv wise you know it's gone through a bit of a renaissance late recently i don't know maybe it's just because it's a load-bearing wall on the new paramount Mm plus news news flash news just in beavis and butthead beavis and butthead with the old clips with the old music clips That, that is beavis and butthead do the universe that looks amazing yeah, I mean, the time like
1: they're i had going the biggest, to space purely to time travel to now, so I, that's okay. I had the biggest fucking smile on my face like watching <laughs> that trailer. I was like, fine, they you fucking got me. <laughs> I'm not going
0: to tell you, but there is a butthead joke in Chippendale. Excellent. So you watch out for that one. It's a very small background detail. Um, but yeah, the fact that they're putting the videos back in is amazing. like yeah. that's that must have taken an army of lawyers what twenty years to get it done. <laughs> So yeah, it's undergone a TV renaissance. So we had Discovery. Yep. Which was set before the original series. Yep. It had a technology that was never seen anywhere else. So you knew this wasn't going to end well for the crew of Discovery. The first season was all kind of set up to be a rug pull for the Jason Isaacs character. Mm-hmm. He was a captain, but there was something fishy about it. And then there was some stuff with the Mirror Universe that was kind of cool. So they're doing this kind of very flashy looking, very cool, picking bits and pieces of this, the lore to do kind of cool stuff with. Michelle Yeoh was actually an evil version from the Parallel Universe. Like, where the trope comes from with Spock, evil Spock with the beard, right? They go to that universe and stuff happens and there's a big tie-up. But it's it's very much a long serialized series, most of which has uh, Michael Burnham because Brian Fuller likes to give his female characters boys' names for some reason. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sonico Martin Green, you know, from The Walking Dead. Mm-hmm it's kind of based around her. So as a result, the people who, the girl, the, the, the two girls who drive the ship, you don't fuck all about them after three or four seasons. I, I pieced out on season three. You know how hard it is? How, how hard do you have to fuck up your Star Trek show for me to piece out of it? Like I've watched all of Enterprise. Mm-hmm. And is that generally regarded as the worst one? No, I mean, Voyager is the worst one, but I think I've watched all of that as well. Right. Um, that's the most piss-it-away one. But piss-away potential. They, they've now moved into a future beyond the next generation, and there's all this shit going on. There's no Federation, so it's an after the fall story. But it's still Michael Burnham saves the universe. And it's like, okay, but that gets wearing after four fucking seasons. Mm-hmm. Star Trek Picard, I think the high point of that is where Brent Spiner, playing a ancestor of the person who created Data, hits Captain Picard with a car. I'm, everything I've heard about Picard sounds ridiculous. <laughs> this is in an episode where the last episode ended with a cliffhanger. They start the next, the first episode and Picard's lying on the ground. And then it flashes up a title card that says 36 minutes earlier. And I'm like, I was tired of this trope in 2008, right? They're doing every... It's like a, It's like the encyclopedia trope, adac, trope, trope gactica. They're trying to do every TV trope. Even if it means nothing to the characters or the story, like in Starfleet, you might get a little testy ever so often. But the point is, humanity's moved beyond, right? We we don't argue over small minor things. Mm -hmm. The people of this show apparently have no friends; they just argue all the time over everything, even when it's like stupid things. People can drive cars even though they've lived in the twenty fourth century and they've only just travelled back to two thousand twenty four, right? And not only they don't do the the jerk jerk thing; they actually do like a stunt driving. There's just annoying tropes. It does, you know. It does the fake tension buildups, right? Where it's mm-hmm. very easily resolved, but it's just like, why are you doing this? Mm-hmm. The only way I can get through the Picard is to do other stuff while it's on in the background. As someone who loves TNG, that's a problem. So then we get to Strange New Worlds, which has got Anson Mount, star of Marvel's The Inhumans in it. Yeah, And... Black Bolt. Black Bolt. Call him by his full name, sir. It's Blackagar Boltagon. <laughs> you know that's his real name, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's great. <laughs> Anywho, Anson Mount is uh, Christopher Pike... You you might know, as Bruce Greenwood, mm-hmm. who's the character who had the Enterprise before Kirk. Mm-hmm. And he was the, also, he was in the TV show before Shatner because he was in the pilot, the character, and they didn't like it. They got Kirk in, but then after a while they realized they wanted to use this footage. So they brought him back as a horribly disfigured man in a wheelchair. Who? Uh, Christopher Pike, the, the character. Right, 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 right. In, in the original, so they, they shot the pilot, they didn't use any of that footage, then they shot a new pilot, then they used the footage from the original pilot in an episode with flashbacks. Right, it was a courtroom drama thing, and Christopher Pike by that point had doing something heroic had been horribly disfigured, and even with the best of twenty fourth century technology or twenty third century technology could give you, he was in a wheelchair that just went beep. He could beep once for yes or twice for no, kind of bullshit. Terrifying future for this guy.
1: And this is the for the show you're this this one.
0: Just a setup you need. Right. He he was in Discovery because he was captain in the Enterprise, and he's like, we need to we we are on mission. So the two Discovery and uh, Enterprise went on a mission together. But it's it's ten years before Kirk's come on board. So, because Spock was in season three of Discovery. Right. Young Spock. He was a key point. Michael Burnham is, is, is Spock's adopted half-sister that he never talks about. They've uh-huh. messed with the lore a bit a lot. Uh, Winona Ryder's not his mother in that universe. Anyway. I have no fucking clue what's going on. <laughs> yeah, so this show, he's the captain of the Enterprise. He has to come back. He's some, something happened in Discovery where he saw his future. Mm. So he knows in 10 years he's going to be horribly disfigured. Right. So he's got the whole, what am I going to do about it? The first episode is basically... I'm going to get out there. And I'm going to keep doing the job. And it's Star Trek as fuck. So after all these season series like Picard and Discovery doing long season arcs, this is back to we're going to find a problem each week and we're going to fix it. Like Adventure of the Week sort of thing. Adventure of the Week sort of thing. They brought back the space, the final frontier discussion at the beginning. This is the first show since...
1: Next generation, I think. Right. This is also the one with uh, Rebecca Romijn, right?
0: Yeah. So she's playing number one, who was in that original pilot. In the 60s, it was too wild for the network that the the second in command be a woman. Right. They were like, a woman in command, not on this network. Bring me (laughs) Dirk Benedict. Yeah. He's only 12, sir. Doesn't matter. Um, We can put him in that. We can pair him up with Rod Howard. They're great. Rod Howard's brother is great in this show. So yeah, but she's like a... She's a badass... First episode is typical. Someone, we have to go undercover on a planet that's pre warp civilization to find some crew members. Uh, the second episode is monitoring a planet when an asteroid's about to hit it. And when they try to move the asteroid, it has shields. And then these alien zealots turn up and say, Don't touch that asteroid. So it's all very much like classic Star Trek stuff. We've got moral issues of the week, we've got some technology stuff. There's a young Ahura, cadet Ahura's in this. Uh huh. And it's fucking awesome. <laughs> To the point that every time I'm watching it, I'm like, how is this the same company that makes the other three shows? Because there's only so much you can put down to Anson Mount's jaw and hairline, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. He is a very good looking man. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think in the first or second episode, they prank Uhura when she comes to the captain's table. Everyone else is in their civvies and she's wearing a, a full dress uniform. So, this is Captain's dinner. And they're like, ah, sorry, you got, you got punk, bitch. And when the door opens, Captain Pike is there and he's just in a sweater and like an apron because he's been grilling some, some beef or something. He's got some ribs on. Right. And he just, he just opens the door and chuckles. And it's like, there is more character in this one moment than two seasons of Picard. <laughs> and like, Picard really just sounds horrible.
1: It's ass. It's just, it's the worst. But okay, so would you say that this is a good this is a good gateway show for people that don't necessarily know much about Star Trek? Yeah, if it's like adventure of the week sort of thing, and you don't have to be so up to date on who is who no, and what's yeah, what.
0: Yeah, you don't. I mean, it's weird that this isn't the first show they did when they were doing shows, right? Because it has Spock. His wife is in it. The last episode I watched just has like that full, you know, the classic Spock and Kirk fe- fighting with the poles thing. That mm-hmm, mm-hmm. shit. It just has that. It's like, we're doing that. It's like, this is the kind of thing you expected in a new Star Trek show 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, if you're going to hit the beats, these are the beats you hit. But they seem to have got all the bullshit out of their system with the other shows. The writing is snappy, it's witty, it's engaging. I'm just loving everything about it. It's not just the trekness of it all, it's mm-hmm. that it's funny, it's witty. The captain is like, I like this plan. This is a good plan. We should do this plan. And it's just like, it's, it's so charming when it comes from him, right? Mm-hmm. Do you remember the, I don't know if you remember the episode where Captain Kirk's trapped on a planet where he has to fight a paper mache lizard? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think the Gorn, that's the Gorn. I think they're going to be the big bads for this because no one knows what they are. They don't know they're made out of paper mache yet. So they don't realize that water is their weakness. And this is like one character says like it's a trap and then they the goes like, oh no, it's the Gorn. Mm-hmm. And you get, like, goosebumps. Because they've said it up a little bit before about, like, how our family were slaughtered by the gore and all this shit. But, mm-hmm. like, it works as television. And it works as really good television. So, I think it's definitely, if you haven't seen any Star Trek, this is the one to start with. I think it's the best Star Trek has been in 20 years. Okay. Meh, maybe back to the first. Maybe Yeah, 20 years. 2000, no, 2009. The first uh, Star Trek was pretty good. All right. I will definitely check it out. It's just, it's, it's built up the crew in four episodes. In two episodes, it built up the crew more than... Four seasons of Discovery. Like there's a there's a snappy pilot called Ortega. There's a, the, the doctor is like one who was referenced, I think, in the old show, but never was seen. Or was seen in one episode. And they just it's the type of show that will when they go on shore leave, they'll take a minute to show them fishing. That's what he did during shore mm-hmm. One girl, one girl was having casual sex spock and his wife got body swapped for reasons they did a body swap fucking thing like the most 80s fucking shit you can do but make it work and the doctor went fishing so they just showed him fishing for a, a few seconds just a nice little character moment you get to see everybody and it's fucking cool all right well worth watching i will look into it you should check it out sounds good man. that uh, no it's i i'm have you ever seen that the shatner in this well badly fitting green top from the old show uh it's kind of a wraparound v-neck thingy maybe it shows off his boobs so good. Yeah, then no. <laughs> yeah. They make that shit look good in this show.
1: <laughs> well, also, I think that uh, the actors now have different physical requirements than they did back then. You know, like, William Shatner was not contractually obliged to, to, to be fit. He was the Rick Rossovich of his day. Yeah, right
0: God, up there with Adam West. Can you imagine Adam? the fucking cast of Batman and the, the, the original series playing volleyball on the back lap? That'd be brilliant. <laughs> Real, real men with real bodies.
2: <laughs>
1: not this plastic bullshit.
0: They'd all be smoking three cigarettes at a time and <laughs> drinking
2: fucking
1: whiskey straight. <laughs> anyway, speaking of real men, we lost one.
0: Oh, man, this is... What are you... What? We're getting old. Yeah, we are. All my heroes are going down. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we don't want this show just to become us eulogizing our heroes. would. That's not... It just happens all the fucking time now.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, to be fair, the last one—it's not like the guy died, you know—but he's uh, he just kind of retired, but
0: it was still sad.
1: Yeah. This one stung. Yeah. Um, Ray Liotta passed away, from what I understand, passed away in his sleep. So I guess that's... Sixty-seven six, years old. S- yep. So young. On uh, while on location shooting a film, and like just some some amazing performances, really. When you when you think about it, fucking sucks that it takes someone sort of passing away for you to just sort of like look back and appreciate. Just some of the amazing work that they've done.
0: Looking at the uh, IMDb, there was like a lot of stuff in the last five to ten years. I was like, what? He did some great cameos and things, the smaller roles and stuff, mm-hmm, turning mm-hmm. up and things.
1: But yeah, he was just one of those guys that just, you know, elevated everything he was in. Mm. You know, y- you were never not pleased to see Ray Liotta. Yeah. You know, the guy never stopped working. And yeah, I mean, maybe not every film was a classic, but most actors don't. most actors don't get the opportunity to be in a film that everyone remembers. And he got the opportunity to be in a few. You know multiple times yeah. yeah so i mean of course there's good fellas but i mean i'll always remember him as uh, shoeless joe jackson in fucking field of dreams
0: i saw they were talking about the story about the thing that was unscripted but it never explained what it was did you see that
1: yeah 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 so okay so
0: you know that there's the there's the bit where i saw the scene so the scene is where kevin costner is oh shoeless joe jackson is pitching a kevin costner yeah and he pitches straight down the middle and nearly hits him yeah that wasn't that planned. Was, that wasn't that wasn't intentional. That was a fuck up. There was also, I think, uh, the rest of that story said that Ray Liotta was a, a lefty, as Shulas was a sh- righty or something like that. Yeah. So that annoyed him that he had to switch. He had trained with the right with the, the correct hand. Yeah, and had but, to switch.
1: But I mean, like that that shot of him like just shooting it right down the middle, and Kevin Costner just like avoiding it. That's too specific to be scripted. I mean, <laughs> yeah. And no, because- I was wondering
0: whether it was that, or because directly after that, Kevin Costner hits it real far.
1: Yeah, no, it's it's uh, th- that whole thing. Like the whole section, that whole section was uh, was just off the cuff, and and that little uh, giggle that, that Kevin Costner has, like when he when he kind of like gets <laughs> out of the way, it, he jumps gets out, out of <laughs> the way. I mean, it's so it's such a real, genuine moment. Um, yeah. Another uh, Ray Liotta movie that I love is Article Ninety Nine, uh, oh. which is like a medical comedy drama where. Um, like Ray Liotta plays this renegade doctor.
0: <laughs> He's always um, a renegade something, right?
1: Yeah, but it's it's him and it's him and Kiefer Sutherland. Oh. And it's it's When did a, this come out? Um in the nineties. Oh, okay. But I mean it's a really, really good film. I really, really enjoy that movie. Um and also like Narc. Narc is a great film. Narc is great. Copland. Uh Ray Liotta was hilarious in uh, Youth in Revolt, the Michael the Michael Serra movie.
0: I saw that on the MDV and I was trying to remember. Was he the... He's the cop. He's
1: he's the cop cop who sleeps with... Who hooks up with Michael Sarah's mom. Yeah. And when when, when Michael Sarah's like alter ego starts fucking with him and he's like... It like drives him crazy. (laughs) But that's the type of thing. He was always being driven crazy by somebody. Fucking unlawful entry. Yeah, I was looking that one up. What's that one? That's the one where he plays the... The, the cop who terrorizes kurt russell and madeline
0: stowe okay that's kurt russell i'm always thinking of the other one which is the he's, one he's where, got a, he's got a is total michael keaton what's the one michael that, keaton that's, terrorizes that's, someone?
1: that's pacific heights yeah with melanie griffith and matthew modine
0: yeah that's <laughs> what i think of when i think of terrorizing people
1: no but i like uh, unlawful entry his character his character's got such a porn star name pete davis <laughs> 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 officer pete davis but and he he, he, did he, like, get, he gets the blowjob from the hooker in the car and then yeah. kicks her out. <laughs> <laughs> it's like and, and, and she's like, I don't know where the fuck I am. And he's like, that's exactly what your that's exactly what your fucking problem is. <laughs>
0: <laughs> he was very good at shouting at people. I think he was he was one of the, the characters in I was looking at up identity. He was like Yeah, 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 with John Cusack. Yeah, he was one of the ones who figured it out, right? He wasn't one of the ones who I, I enjoyed I, that movie. I enjoyed that movie. Yeah, uh, but it was like it was it was it wasn't the lead role in that one. No, right? it was no. just one of many, and he did that a lot. He was even I can't remember anything about what he did in Heartbreakers, but I remember he was good. I think he was being conned, but he was also conning with yes. Sigourney Weaver.
1: Yeah, and another and another movie of his that I love that doesn't get enough that doesn't get enough play. No
0: Escape was waiting for that. Did I tell you I told you the story before, but No Escape right. is the movie that my aunts, Patricia <laughs> and Monica went to see because they thought it was a women in prison movie for some reason. And they were like, what's going on, <laughs> on this fucking island? <laughs> and I was like, because it also had like 16 names. Yeah. It yeah. was no escape, it was no escape from the penal colony. It was called escape, was some, escape from Absalom. Absalom, yes. <laughs> so all these different names. And she was like, Oh, this looks like this looks good. And it's like I checked. There was no other women. Wi- women in prison movies haven't come out in the cinema since 1979. What the fuck are you talking about, women? <laughs> but that's a wacky fucking movie. <laughs> it is. A, it is a very wacky movie. It's uh, it's right up there with Fortress. Is like you know movies about weird prisons. Uh
1: huh. Fortress. Um, is, Fortress is another classic. Like I'll 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 def- I'll
0: fucking defend that movie to my grave. <laughs> yeah. But fucking yeah, God. I mean, yeah, that that sucked. I meant to I meant to look this up because I've heard a lot of good things about. It. He's the only good thing apparently in the name of a king, a, good, a dungeon siege tale, which is the um, U- U- Uli- Uwe Ball. It's an Uwe Ball. I think he play, he plays the like uh, Jeremy Irons role from Dungeons and Dragons in that. He's the evil sorcerer. I think. I think I have seen this hungover.
1: Wasn't it's he with, also in that in that uh, Guy Ritchie movie Revolver? Yeah, he was in Revolver as well. I saw that. Like all the main the the, the main thing I know about Revolver is just that it, that hilarious Mark Kermode re- review. Where he's, he just rips it to fucking shreds. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I tried to watch it once and I was like, I don't, this is one of those movies, watch it at home, and I was like, nah, no. I, I could be doing this. But even, like, looking through his, his, his career, like, he's been, he was in Unbreakable, Kimmy Smith, he was in The Place Beyond the Pines, he was in Young Sheldon, mm-hmm. he was in SpongeBob SquarePants, he was in Modern Family. Yeah. For me, I mean, this is one of the things that made Grand Theft Auto, the video game, like the original Grand Theft Auto 3, which is the first one in 3D, which would run around the city. Mm-hmm. The character doesn't speak. think like, He doesn't even have a name. You just go up and take jobs and do shit. And the whole point is to run around. Running around the world and breaking shit apart like that mm-hmm. was the point at that point. Mm-hmm. I think Vice City was the next one, which was, how about we do that in the 80s with Ray Liotta and Carlito's Way? Because Michael Fichtner plays basically the same character as Sean Penn does in Carlito's Way, the coke-dub lawyer william fickner william fickner he was the the he was tommy versetti he was the voice of the main character walking around in a hawaiian shirt doing shit in the 80s in the most 80s possible fucking way while power rock played on the radio and also there was motorbikes for the first time in the grand theft auto that was your character right your character was ray liotta in the 80s with a machine gun and lots of coke <laughs> awesome it's pretty fucking good i didn't realize that cast of that as well. so Fickner, Tom Sizemore, Dennis Hopper's in that, Burt Reynolds, Lewis Goodman, Philip Michael Thomas, Robert Davi, Danny Trejo, Gary Boosie, and Lee Majors Holy are in that shit. fucking game. <laughs> Holy oh. shit. And Feruza Balkan, Danny <laughs> Dio! <laughs> and Dio. Dio! Dio. 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 <laughs> but I've seen a lot of love out for Goodfellas, and it is... A lot of it, a lot, heard a lot of different podcasts. and things talking about how that was so early in his career, and he was going toe to toe with De Niro and Pesci. And
1: yeah, I mean, I think it was uh, one of the first things he did after Something Wild, which was his debut.
0: I think something I looked at IMDb. There's a few things before that, I think, but that was his big one. I, I always saw that wacky poster. He's really weird in that, right? Yeah. But yeah, Goodfellas is a movie which I haven't watched in a long time, and it's because like just to. to use the phrase that seems to be of the era, it does live rent-free in your head. Mm-hmm. Like, we talked about Ray Liotta going toe-to-toe with Robert De Niro and Joe Pesci, but, like, he does a voiceover in that movie. I saw, I saw a lot of people making great points about and showing great clips of him doing the voiceover or where he's in the court and he starts talking directly to the camera mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. walks around and stuff. It's like...
1: It's no, it's it's an incredible performance. Yeah, it's it's a ridiculously incredible performance. I mean, I remember when you know when the film came out. Obviously, everyone was talking about Joe Pesci's performance because it was the the big showy role. And you know,
0: like you the, think I'm funny. I mean,
1: it's it's I iconic. Mean, it's, it's 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 exactly it's iconic. Um, but Ray Liotta is the glue that holds the whole thing together. And he gets to play so many different layers in that film. You know, he gets to play the cool fucking up and coming made man. He gets to play. like the drug addict he gets to play the Oh, but well, he can never be a made man, though,
0: right? Because he's not Italian.
1: Yeah, yeah, but I mean, but for but for all intents and purposes, He's up and like, coming, up and coming good fella. But he can never be a made man. E- exactly, you know. But the character just goes to euphoric highs and crushing lows, and he gets to run the gamut of, of emotions. Like, I mean, like once it starts going into towards the end of the second act into the third act, where he's like a druggie and he's like trying to like move the drugs and he's all fucked fucked up and like the helicopters are chasing him and everything. I mean, that, like, that
0: last act, yeah, like that's that's insane. <laughs> he's like, what the fuck? <laughs> it's, like, it's just like looking out the window of the car and like constantly just hitting bumps to keep himself yeah. going right yeah oh. like like it's it's that's an insane fucking performance and, his, and she, what, did, what did you do lorraine what did you do right?
1: <laughs> and, his, and his chemistry with lorraine brocco is fucking electric yeah her character's name
0: is not lorraine is it <laughs> no that's, what did you do i can't remember what the character's name is but because uh, she throws the drugs down the toilet yeah right, the yeah end, yeah, yeah, and yeah it's like he's so coked up He's so fucking strung out. The babysitter is fucked up as well, right? Oh, everything's yeah. all over the fucking shop. It's yeah. just... Oh.
1: And, and, that, and that fucking shit-eating grin in the last frame, you know, when he's like in, in, in witness protection. He's like, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. I'm going to be just like you. <laughs> 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 that fucking shit-eating grin. Yeah,
0: and everyone... I, I, was it Alabama? I wanted to be a gangster and it ends up with... Uh, and now I'm a schmuck. Yeah, right? just a great, great
1: movie. All of the performances, and and um, the, you know the guy uh, Jimmy two times,
0: two times Jimmy two times. Jimmy
1: two times. Like I, th- that that guy always reminds me of me. <laughs> I say everything twice. Yeah, it's really it makes it really
0: interesting to edit. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna go get the papers, get the papers. <laughs> but I do that, I do that, I do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I <laughs> having to listen back through this and like he's gonna say it again, but he's gonna say it better in a minute. So which edit? Which or he might not say it better, he might say it worse. So which edit do I keep? <laughs>
1: and so many other like small roles that you didn't that you forget were in there like Samuel L. Jackson Mike uh, what's, what's the guy's name Michael Imperioli mm. the guy that Joe Pesci kills
0: after he shoots him in the foot <laughs> <laughs> Michael Imperioli from the Sopranos Sopranos yeah that was young him was it I think so I think that was him Spider yeah yeah <laughs> like why don't you go fuck yourself Tony Tommy is like
1: are you gonna let him get away with that <laughs>
0: <laughs> such a knife edge of tension in that movie whenever he's on screen
1: but, that, but it fucked me up I mean I know we're moving away from Real Yoda, but it fucked me up because one of the first things I saw Joe Pesci in was Home Alone <laughs> <laughs> and he's this just, just lovable fuck up <laughs> you know like I didn't see Raging Bull until later yeah like okay the first thing I saw Joe Pesci in was Moonwalker the, the Michael Jackson movie <laughs> <laughs> What? Who is he in that? He's the bad guy. He's the bad guy. But I didn't realize it was the same guy. And then I saw Home Alone. And then after Home Alone, I watched Goodfellas. I'm like mind blown.
0: <laughs> you didn't see him as uh, whatever Leo wants, Leo gets in
1: fucking Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, weapon. Yeah, I did. But I, again, I, I, didn't, I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't like piece it together. Okay, I didn't, okay, 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 okay. okay, okay. you in the drive-thru okay they fuck you in the drive-thru they know you're gonna be miles away before you realize you got fucked who gets fucked this time oh leo gets gets fucked all right i like how they they, they did they did a version of that in every movie yeah like in part three it's like they fuck you in the hospital okay they <laughs> fuck you in the hospital first they drug you then they fuck you then the insurance company comes along and fucks you some more
0: We were pretty close to watching My Cousin Vinny last night. It's on Disney Plus now. Oh, yeah? Yeah. They're adding a lot of old stuff. So I was like, I know it's good, but I can't remember how the laugh per minute quota is. Because it's pretty funny. It's pretty funny, yeah. Yeah. To get back to Ray Liotta. Yeah. You can't talk about Ray Liotta without talking about 1997's Turbulence classic. Who is he menacing in the? Oh, I was. Lauren Holly. Lauren Holly. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> he kills everyone on the plane about murder. Yeah, right. yeah.
1: And then he's like staring at the cockpit, going, "Say your prayers." <laughs> it's so fucking wild. <laughs> it's, it's it's so terrible. It's such, it's such a terrible movie. I remember that movie came out like not after not long after I had first moved to the states, and for yeah. some bizarre reason, I thought it was going to be a huge hit. <laughs>
0: I mean, it's high concept. It's a serial killer put on a plane. You know, everyone no. sleeps on planes. They pick their noses on planes. They think it's the safest place in the world. No, I remember like Ray Liotta went on Leno to, to promote it,
1: and I was watch <laughs> and I was watching it, and like just before like the end of the interview, Ray, uh, Jay Leno's like, look in the camera and do your best villain voice, and he did the line from the film. He looked into the camera and went, say your prayers. <laughs> Lauren Holly lands the plane in her bra. It's like what the, <laughs> f- what the fuck's going on?
0: <laughs> it was the nineties, man. It it's the like 90s. it's like airplane without the laughs. <laughs> it's also the great title though. Turbulence. Turbulence. But he also, I I thought this was later on, but he was in Operation Dumbo Drop as well. The That's year before, right. two years before. That's right. Su- that was in. That was that was in between No Escape and Turbulence. So like the Simon Windsor had, film. You know, Addy, you see this bullshit? This motherfucker had range. No, no, he he had. <laughs> operation dumbo drop turbulence no escape operation dumbo drop and turbulence and then copland you're like okay
1: <laughs> i don't know why like with copland you know like the the, the scene where the like goes back to de niro uh, and asks for help and de niro is like i hey i gave you a chance to do something and you did nothing you did nothing <laughs> <laughs> And I don't know why, but for reasons I cannot explain, that scene reminds me—and this is completely unrelated—but that scene reminds me of the scene in Roofless People*, <laughs> after when Danny DeVito goes back to the cops after he really, after he actually needs the cops' help. Yeah. You know, the black cop is like Art Adams, I think his name is, and like Danny DeVito is like, he's gonna give, he's gonna be there. He said he's gonna do this. He's asked for the money, and the black cop looks looks at the white cop. It's like. I think the deli's using like a different mustard or something. It's
0: like they don't make movies like they used to. No, they don't. They don't make them with the guys they used to because sadly getting on. 67 is just it's far too young. Yeah. Far too young. It's
1: far too young. But anyway, cheers to Ray Liotta.
0: Cheers to Ray Liotta.
1: Like what was what was that what was that he said to uh, that Shoeless Joe Jackson said to um, to Doc uh, to Frank Whaley in, in uh, Field of Dreams? He's like, "Hey rookie, you were good. <laughs> <laughs> that seems that seems fitting. He was very good." yeah he was he was a fantastic actor he was he was so much more than than a, than a guy who just played tough guys like
0: yeah I even remember I mean I can't remember much of it but when he turned up on Eeyore, it's like oh shit this is peak TV it doesn't get much better than this in the mid 90s mm-hmm.
1: and he was also uh, in that show like Shades of blue with J-Lo. J Lo had a TV series at one point, like a cop series called Shades of Blue, and it was with uh, it was her and Ray Liotta. This is
0: uh, this is news to me. Guess Check so it out. <laughs> Guess so I know what I'm watching tonight. <laughs> I'm good, good fellas, bitch. <laughs>
1: we're paying we're paying tribute to Ray Liotta. So tonight we're watching Shades of Blue.
0: <laughs>
1: That's like in honor of Willem Dafoe's life achievement. We're gonna watch Body of Evidence. <laughs> <laughs> or just that part of John Wick that he's in mm. John Wick 1 John Wick 1 yeah <laughs> the, the most grounded of the series <laughs> <laughs> you know you know that John Wick is just going to end up like Fast and Furious like by the time it gets to chapter 6 or 7 he's going to be in he's space, in space. <laughs> yeah which I will go see <laughs> yeah John, John, John it's going to be uh, John Wick of Mars <laughs> fuck john carter <laughs> is something
0: wild was his debut you said
1: it was his fr- it was his first like first big movie yeah first yeah, big right. movie with uh, with jo- uh,
0: the jonathan Demi movie yeah yeah that has a wacky poster right yeah i always thought it was a wacky comedy thing but everyone says he's terrifying, but now i realize everyone talking about it being terrifying in it because see it in the video shop but it was 18s i think
1: he was basically doing his willem dafoe in streets of fire impersonation <laughs>
0: Is it good? Is it something
1: where I should see it? It's a good movie, yeah. I mean, I haven't seen it in decades. (laughs) Mm. I I remember really enjoying it. It didn't stop us from going over fucking Goodfellas over and over again. (laughs) No, but Goodfellas is one of those movies that you haven't seen it in a while, but you've seen it enough times to not necessarily have to see it in a while.
0: It's also long, isn't it?
1: It is pretty long. It's, it's almost three hours. It's not as long as the Irishman.
0: No. <laughs> it's like when, you know, the weather with a wind chill factor it feels minus four. The Irishman feels longer.
1: The, the Irishman feels like a, like a series.
0: Do you know what it is? It is what it
1: is. <laughs> <laughs> Jim, Jimmy doesn't like... Jimmy doesn't drink and Jimmy doesn't like it to you, for you to drink. And you know what else he doesn't like? Fucking watermelon. <laughs> but we're going to love it. <laughs> I mean, I, okay, one thing I will say about The Irishman, Pacino's brilliant in it. Pacino's fucking performance when he is like, losing his shit and yeah. just, and just is able to, like, yo, what, what? I'm going to
0: jail. Yes, that we're, moment. We're all going to jail. We're going to jail. It's
1: like that is worth the price of admission. You know, that fucking watermelon scene is But what I loved about The Irishman was actually the third act. Like the third act was brilliant. When when they're all old and and it's tragic. Yeah. Joe Pesci's performance is ridiculous. Like Al Paci- like like the best performance in that whole movie is Joe Pesci. Like just in terms of like where he is at the end, there's a real arc there. Like Pacino, Pacino has an amazing sort of um, like scenery chewing performance. Like, but he pisses off
0: the wrong people and gets out of the way early, on, early on, Earlier on, doesn't he? Yeah, no, but I mean
1: like the Joe Pesci character kind of starts
0: off as someone,
1: and he he's always sort of towing the line, and yeah. so and it's it's such a measured performance, which is not what you expect from him. You expect him to be the live wire. And yeah. in, and in this one he's like the calm center, like and he's just so good at it. And at the end with the old age makeup and everything, when they're in prison, the way the way his physicality, how he plays being old, it's so fucking good. He should have been nominated for that, was so he? It I, can't was, I can't remember.
0: Mm-hmm. I can't remember. Yeah,
1: I fell off my chair laughing in that scene where. Petita yeah, that just the the, the switch yeah. was the, just because he's, so, he's
0: so he's a, he's not a hundred. He's like a thousand percent screaming at these guys, <laughs> right? yeah. and isn't. And, Like De Niro's supposed to be like a younger guy who's kind of just there. He's not really supposed to be there, but he's there. And just that realization where he just switches from like Top Gear down to first. (laughs) Yeah. And it's like it's the it's the dramatic version of the engine whining. He's just like,
2: (laughs) I'm sick. I'm fucking tired. I'm going to jail. I'm <laughs> going to jail. It's genius. fucking genius.
1: And just, and, and to think, it's the first and probably only time Pacino and Scorsese will work together. Hmm. Like, is it? Wow. Yeah, they'd never worked together. Like, that, that is a shock. That yeah. Scorsese and Pacino had never worked together prior to that. Anyway. Well, anyway. <laughs> ended up being a little bit all over the place there in the end, but... Uh, surprise surprise from a gap and fries it's the way we roll hey now that's a fucking t-shirt surprise surprise from a Fra- gap oh
0: and speaking of which i should have done this earlier but happy 10 year anniversary to the geeks in malaysia we'll still be the long the longest running podcast in malaysia but fair enough you did good kids hey rookie hey you were good <laughs> <laughs>
1: happy 10 years geeks in malaysia how was the uh the thing
0: the thing was good they did a live podcast it's available now they had no agenda At all. I was stressing out on their behalf. There's all these people and you have nothing to talk about.
1: So when did we start? 2008? 2008. So when's our 15th anniversary?
0: Uh, Next year. I think we're 14 this year, yeah.
1: Maybe we can do something next year. 15 years of mediocrity.
0: Yeah. Celebrate. could have been a contender. Nah, not really.
1: Nah. We just didn't care enough. (laughs) No. <laughs> no, but I think I think it's it could be fun. It could be fun, and 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 uh, maybe even a way to if we're if we're still keeping a schedule by then, maybe even a way to direct people. What there. do you mean
0: keeping a schedule? We're not keeping a schedule now. <laughs> we're
1: keeping more of a schedule now than we have in the last fucking year, year couple even of years. Even when we were trapped at
0: home, we managed to do just two or three podcasts over the course of the pandemic. We literally had nothing else to do, and we still only did three. <laughs> that was partly your fault. Why was that my fault?
1: Well, because we did one and then it took forever for you to put it together to release it. So what was the point of it? It's a lot of fucking work. So what were you doing? I have a real job. What else was going on?
0: (laughs) I finished Jedi Fallen Order on the Xbox. All right. Editing's hard.
1: Yeah, I I know. That's why I don't do it.
0: Yeah, I noticed that. Happy birthday Geeks of Malaysia. Thanks for listening. We should also say if you like the show and you've made it this far, please like and subscribe and give us a comment or review on your podcast platform of choice. The two reviews we have on Apple uh, Podcasts really helps. So if you want to give us more, that'd be great. But the other thing is tell your friends and share with others. And if you want to email us, you can email us at podcast.meapandprize.com. I've checked the account. It's mostly spam, but you know, you can get us there if you have a topic you would like us to discuss or a question you would like us to answer. I will check before the next podcast, I promise. And, um... This has been your McEnton Fry's movie podcast for this week. For this month. (laughs) (laughs) We can only do two of those videos for Instagram a month on that service I'm using. So yeah, Mm. that works. (laughs) Otherwise, I got to pay for that shit.
1: Thank you for listening. Good night. And good luck.